I was just like, I'm tired of waiting for permission for someone to allow me to create something. And so I did it myself. Every podcast has an opening song. This is ours. It's not very long. Chase, I think our opening song needs to be a little bit longer. I'm singing more of our opening song to intro our show called Behind Two Blondes. Hi, everyone. My name's Chase O'Donnell. And I'm Savannah Brown. Together, we started a comedy duo called Two Blondes. Every week, Savannah and I interview a successful 20-something who is pursuing their passion in an attempt to pick up some pointers of our own and hopefully inspire you to get out there and do the same. Today, we are interviewing Sam Tilson. He is a 20-something living in L.A. who is an animator turned filmmaker who started his own production company called Super Silly Films. Super silly. We're so excited to pick his brain and find out more about how Sam is living his dream. As you know, we love to interview our guest over brunch. So Savannah, please tell everyone what's on the menu today. Today we're eating creamy spinach and potato baked eggs with garlic toast. Oh my gosh, our meals just keep getting better and Every better. Week. Thank you, Blue Apron. They are sponsoring our podcast. You can also... Uh, enjoy some of these delicious meals if you go to blueapron.com slash two blondes spelled T-O-O and you'll get your first three meals free on us and it'll help out our show if you do that so please do Hi Sam Hi Sam Hello hello Cheers Cheers what are you drinking mm-hmm. today? I'm drinking a little bit of some alcoholic root beer called mm. Not Your Father's Root Beer. Ooh. Oh, alcohol. Mm. I wish I was drinking uh, What are you drinking, Savannah? Skinny vanilla latte. So girly. What's, what is a skinny vanilla Thank latte? Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. <laughs> actually. I actually don't know. Yeah, I think it's just low-fat milk and probably sugar-free vanilla. I don't know. I've been drinking just it since high school. That makes... Mm. It was a very much like high school dance team... All the girls were drinking skinny vanilla lattes, (laughs) so I still drink it. And what are you drinking, James? Um, I'm drinking orange juice. Classic, simple breakfast brunch drink. You're not a coffee drinker. No, Mm -mm. I don't like coffee. Me neither. Really? I don't sleep as it is, so coffee would not be my friend. Even in the early morning. Nope. Good to know. I don't drink it because I don't like the taste. Well, that too. I don't like the taste either. Okay. Oh, I love the taste. I crave it in the morning. Too much caffeine, actually. Huh. Yeah. Good for you. Well, good. <laughs> this would be great if we were doing a podcast about coffee. Coffee. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but I guess, you know, our listeners want us to get into uh, you and your story Aww. and um, Darn it. all about you. So, Sam, mm-hmm. first off, I want to start with how um, we know you because I think it mm-hmm. will show a lot about who you are as a person because. Okay. You're very much a go-getter, and right now you're making a documentary, and you just reached out to my sister saying you wanted to film her, and and I'm the one that gets her emails. <laughs> so I was so like, reach out to you. So you reached out to me, <laughs> and I was like, great. Come come on over to London Studio, and you're like booking my flight tomorrow. <laughs> see you next week, <laughs> and I think that's just um, super telling of who you are as a person. You're just a go getter, and you, you're making this documentary, and you're making it happen. So um, I want to know more about this documentary. Yeah, why don't we just start with this documentary before mm-hmm. going back to your backstory? 
Okay. Uh, I'm making it's like a documentary miniseries. Um, I'm doing little vignettes on a bunch of different artists of different uh, mediums, and it's mo it was spawned by the idea of. I want to know why and not how. When you look up people who are artists and you look up articles, interviews, and especially on YouTube, it's all how-to videos, how to do this, how to draw, how to paint, how to crochet, how to, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things. But there's nothing on why. And especially when you see behind the scenes or anything of that nature, it's still produced. They're still sitting there with lights on them in a chair and they're talking to someone off camera. And there's... That just that little bit of like they're trying to sell you something mm -hmm. and I very much have been lacking and wishing to see what it's actually like to be an artist of all different levels of success whether you're fresh out of college or you're already on your way and it's turning out really well so far I'm really happy oh, good. <laughs> awesome. so you're asking artists why they do it they do yeah. has anyone asked you why you do what you do is can this we, weird to be on the other can side can we turn it around to you and say you, why are you, you a filmmaker yeah no absolutely i am a filmmaker because it is a combination of every form of art which is what i love i i think in film every aspect of art informs the other and i honestly get bored just doing one thing whether it was graphic design or animating or cg any of that nature I, you know, when I used to work in animation, I worked on a video game once, and you're, you're cogging a pipeline. You're not, it's not as creative as I wanted it to be, and I mm -hmm. needed to, like, let, I needed the reins to be let go of me so I could just do whatever I needed to do, <clears throat> or whatever I felt like I wanted to do. Um, so, that's, you, sorry, go ahead. Do you feel like that's part of just freelancing? That is that kind of what you've done? You've created your own... Your own production, production company, company so and now you're yeah. just working for yourself. You're your own exactly. boss, which seems to work for you. If Ex you exactly. It, it's made me a lot happier. Now I'm not stuck indoors at a computer in a dark room, mm -hmm. and I get to travel, and I can do things like when you say, hey, come to New York, and I book a flight, and I'm here I am, um, and I get to do fun things with you guys, and I get to do things in London and all of that nature. Um, yeah. It was the same thing with Leah. I was like, hey, Leah, uh, Leah Kirsch. Leah was on our podcast, podcast. Uh, episode I don't two, know what or she's done it so many times for us, <laughs> even when we first really? started yeah a year or two ago oh wow um, yeah time. no I was with Leah not yesterday Friday and uh, I was like hey Leah I think I'm coming in June she goes how's June 9th and that was like a week and a half ago and I was like sure and I booked a flight the next morning it was the exact same thing Leah another go-getter yeah. <laughs> how's June 9th yeah I was expecting her to say like end of June I was, she was like no how about like next week and I was like alright I'll see you next week and because you're your own boss you're like exactly. here I go exactly. let's talk a little bit though before you became your own boss and are mm -hmm. able now to just travel and make what you want you were working as an animator and let's kind of go back sure. to how this all happened that now you're freelance. Sure, sure. Um, I graduated with a BFA in computer animation, and I had a very generalist background, which means anything that you see in an animated movie or a commercial, I know how to do, which is actually more than an animator. I know how to do rendering, you know, lighting, modeling, texturing, all of those hmm. technological things. Modeling, things. Yeah. modeling. CG modeling, not me. Uh, I'm oh, not that no. pretty, I swear. Darn it. Um, and, but no, I wanted to be an animator. My dream, as most people's dreams as a kid, was I want to work at Disney, I want to work at Pixar. Oh, really? Yeah, and I wanted, I wanted to, when I graduated college, I was gung-ho for feature film. I wanted to make movies. 
the majority of the animation industry is actually video games and commercials and advertising. There's probably, if you sit here and think about like who makes animated movies right now, how many can you think of off the top of your head? Just Pixar. Pixar. Pixar well, there's Disney. They're separate. Oh, yeah. Does. Okay. There's oh, they P- are separate. DreamWorks. Yeah. DreamWorks, and then there's Blue Sky. Those are the those are the bigger ones who make movies you probably heard of. Um, so there's less jobs. So there's not as many people working in feature film. And I was very gung ho about wanting to make movies. So I was an animator, and I took classes at Pixar after graduation. They have a they have a workshop you can take that's across the street. Um, I was interviewed. I've been interviewed by DreamWorks. I've been interviewed by Pixar, um, but none of them actually panned out. But I think it's a blessing in disguise because I'm I'm much happier. Um, I love everyone over there and all the people that I've met. But I'm just I I don't miss being inside. <laughs> that's that nine to five in a dark room. Yeah, a hard work as as an animator was sitting in the dark with headphones on. And that what, takes a toll very yeah. quickly. And you're a people person. I mean, in yeah, my opinion, you're very good absolutely. with people and interviewing people, and that you're usually the one interviewing, and that would be really <laughs> hard, I think, on someone that's a very personable person. Mm-hmm. How? What? I just want to know what the film was when you were a kid that you saw that you were like, that's what I want to do. Oh, was it man. Shrek? No. Was it Finding Nemo? No, it was before that. <laughs> no, no, no. It was before the Pixar it was before. days. Was it like one of the it was one a Disney movie? But was it like Cinderella or one of the no. like cool animated ones? I'm I'm a boy, so Hercules. Oh, Hercules. The music so good. Yeah, Hercules was my was one of my favorites and still my favorite of one of the everyone loves Lion King, which is that was my uh, yeah, favorite. No, it, Lion King is wonderful, but Hercules was was the thing for me. I was like, I gotta do this. You guys are bringing me back. I'm trying yeah, to think now. What Disney my movies. favorite one was yeah. Lion King was the '90s Frozen. In my opinion, like yeah. I had a Lion King backpack, yeah. shoes, outfit. Did you? And kids these days have like frozen birthday parties, mm-hmm. frozen this and that. I'm still a bigger fan of Lion King. Yeah. Hercules, oh, I never got there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a boy thing. I love Hercules. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It was fun. It was a fun movie. Fun movie. And ha- ha- Hades, it was one of, it's got to be one of the best Disney villains. Hmm. Ever. Don't even don't even oh, recall. My, mine was Little Mermaid. Oh, oh wow. yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, my mom was in the final two for the voice of the Little Mermaid. <gasps> really? She was. The other girl got picked. Life would be very different, oh, probably. Man. In a bad way. I, I love did, my life. I did not know that. Whoa. So I grew up with the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Because my mom was always singing it. But it, I mean, it wasn't even necessarily Disney movies. Like I, like oh God, car- like Saturday morning cartoons were more of a thing when we were when we were in the nineties. That's true. And I grew up with like Batman the animated series. And, you know, Marvel wasn't Marvel as it is Mm-mm. today. So when you watch superheroes, and it was all animated for me. That was my childhood. That's true. So I always wanted, and I was also always an artist. I, live action was never in my cards. Really? In so that y- sense. So you I drew. Can, yeah, I drew. I, I've been taking art classes since I was a kid. My dad's a graphic designer, and I, I can draw. I've, I've painted. I've done all that. To get into art school, you have to submit a portfolio. That's what. All of those things, you know. So you went. So your plan was really to be an artist and animator, mm-hmm. and it was just recently after graduation that you were like, "I can't make movies as an animator. I guess I just need to make them myself." It actually wasn't even recently. I tried. I graduated in 2011, and I tried really, really hard for three years. It was either three or four years, where all I did was animate and try to get a job at like Disney and Pixar. Um, now Sam looks very young. I do. Very young. I How old are you, Sam? I am tw- do you mind? I'm 28 years old, 28 and I probably old. look 20. 
You think that's accurate? You like 21, 22. Perfect. I'll, I'll give you a couple more years. I'll take it. I'll totally take it. Um, I try, yeah, I tried. For I was mostly unemployed out of college for like three or four years. No one would hire me. I've had, every, like, the stories you see in movies are the, all the things that have happened to me. I had companies mm-hmm. send me visa papers that weren't for me, like, to come work with them. I've had companies tell me that I'm hired and then, like, drop <gasps> off of the face of the earth. I, everything that's happened to me has has happened to me, and they were all like like talk about rejection. I've been through it all mm-hmm. in that sense. Ugh, and I life got, of the artist. Yeah, and you know I got sick of it. It I, I got sick of the idea that I've been an artist my whole life. And I need permission to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's really what kind of did it for me. I was just like I tired of waiting for permission for someone to allow me to create something, and so I did it myself. You just put it into the words that I've always kind of wanted to describe two blondes as, because I always say, when, instead of waiting for the audition, create your own work. Yeah. And but it's just you don't want to wait for permission, and you don't. I don't. I don't like paying for all the classes either, because I'm. Mm-hmm. Why would I pay to be on stage if I can create something and just make it happen? And yeah. right, there's, there's a point where it's now. like, all right, I've taken so many classes. I think it's. Time. Safe to say, mm-hmm. I can stop with the classes and, and it's just that ten, do it. Ten thousand hours thing, yeah. really putting it's your also ten hours. S- seven years is what they also say. It's either ten thousand or seven years. Oh, I love that. Yeah, one of one, one of my uh, professors in college said it takes about seven years to just know what you're doing, hmm. and then you can make good art. Like it, it takes, and I find I found that to be true. That like, especially when I started learning, I, I, I had never animated before I went to college. So I started at eighteen. And that's four you years. just started drawing when you were you had been drawing your whole life. I've been doing art my whole life, but I had never actually animated something until I went to college, which is what I went to college for. And uh, my my teacher said, you know, it takes like five to seven years to really grasp fully the thing that you're trying to do, and then you can start kicking ass. And I found that to be true. And yeah, that's it's really what happens if you think about it. So I, you know, I did four years of college, which you know half of the things I did were horrible, even mm-hmm. though I went to a really good school. Um, what school was it? Uh, Ring, Shout out. Yeah, Ringling College of Art and Design. It's, okay. Uh, it's down in Sarasota, Florida. Um, they they cram a lot. It's like boot camp. It's like art boot camp. They cram a lot into us in four years. So I probably graduated knowing more than most people did, but I still I still went. And I flew to San Francisco and slept on my couch and took classes at Pixar afterwards. And like I said, I spent thousands of dollars taking classes. Mm-hmm. Still, nobody would hire me. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a tough industry and it's actually a really small. So industry. when you um, finally were like, "This is nuts!" I've been getting rejected on top of. Mm-hmm. Wait, this isn't making sense. What rejection am I on top of rejection, rejection on go. top of rejection. It's a hard one. You, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Um, what was the game changer that you were like, you know what, I'm going to stop going this direction and start my own thing? Mm-hmm. The straw that broke a camel's back for me was uh, I was still living in St. Louis, which is where I was from, which where I was from, where I am from originally. Um, I had been, I applied to a company in San Francisco. It was a mobile game company. Um, and... They flew me out for an interview, put me in a nice hotel, interviewed me all day, and told me to my face that I was basically hired and that the only thing that I had left to do was to have a Skype interview with like the CEO. And that, but they happened to be leaving the country the day after they interviewed me for like a company trip. 
And so I flew home and I was like, finally, I have a job. This is great. And go home to my parents that I have a job like three years after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I waited for them to go on this trip. And they were going on a trip to a company trip to Barcelona. And I could like see on social media they were posting these pictures. Oh, Bar- social media, the social worst. Media. Yeah. So I'm sitting there just <laughs> waiting and fully convinced that I like why would someone say to my face that I, I'm basically hired yeah. and they asked me how much money and you know went through all of the details Ugh. um and wow let me guess it turns out that their company trip was like they went to Barcelona but then they went to Japan then they went to Finland it was like a month-long trip and so finally I emailed them and I said you know just want to check in like see what's going on and they didn't answer and so I waited a couple days and I emailed them again and I said you know, haven't heard in a while, just want to see what's going on. She said, oh, we decided to close that position. So they didn't want to not hire me. They didn't have that position open anymore. So over the course of like a month, they were like, oh, we don't need that position. And this and this month you're like, all right, I'm just waiting to get that final yes, yep. and I'm moving to San Francisco. Correct. Okay, wow. so they say that, what a jerk, first uh-huh. of all. That's mean. Um, and you go time for me to do my own yeah thing. i literally it was right after that i was at uh, this one I moved to la so this was how many years ago two or three okay yeah and then and you you actually had a contact in la your cousin lives there okay i was gonna ask you how and you, you and and it just happened that she had an extra room for you to stay in and you got lucky that way and there's always ways to get places you just have to know that six sixth degree of separation or finagle your way in and Mm -hmm. that worked out really well yeah did you live with your cousin or did you get your own place no i still live with my cousin i live i'm 28 years old and i live with my first cousin who's a single mother with three kids (gasps) and three dogs in los angeles and i have my own bedroom my own parking spot in the garage so do you babysit a lot? Uh, I do. I, I am, as Chase knows, I am, I'm the Manny. I, I, take, <laughs> I, take, I go to soccer practice. I go to uh, all the dance shows. Uh, I, dr- I pick up from high school and middle school, you know, and I'm more than happy to do it if that's what gets me where I need to go. That's like, wow. you know, and it's family. I would do it any, you know, you would do that for family anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. So then when did you start your own production company? Probably about a year later, because even when I first moved to LA, I was still trying to pursue animation because most of the industry is either in New York or LA, mm-hmm. or Vancouver is another big one. Mm. But so I was trying to get closer to be local, because a lot of times it's it's no different. I'm sure for you guys is that whenever they decide that they want you, they're like, okay, show up tomorrow. Yeah. So if you're not local to wherever that is, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time back in St. Louis, I would use my cousin's address on mm-hmm. my resume so they would think that I'm local. And whenever they, if, if they did bite, I would just book a last minute flight. That's, it was worth. Still booking those last minute yeah, flights. Yeah, I guess wow. that's just my MO. It's your thing. Yeah. Chase, I, love it. I mean, Chase, you're a little like that too. It's like our commercial agent will be like, uh, there's a commercial and it'll be filming in New York and Chase was going to be in LA. She goes, I'll book a flight back. Yeah. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. you'll just and she goes yeah do why not you, you just gotta do what you gotta do and yeah. there's never... something Chris Pratt we know Chris, 
Chris Pratt from uh, yeah, Parks him. and Rec. Love him. There was an interview with him, and he said for his first movie that he was in, Stephen Colbert was in it. It was like with a great cast. He paid three thousand dollars. I've seen that interview. To what? be in the film because yeah. he said he was a local, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't. So he bought his flight. He paid for a place to stay. Yep. He ended up having to go back to LA and then fly back. Like mm-hmm. he spent so much money being in his first film, but he was like. <laughs> I was super eager. I didn't want to miss out on a credit like that because I didn't have a place to stay. Yeah, that's that's Crazy. really what I did. Is so I've been living at my cousin's house, and if any, whether I would apply to mostly things in California, whether it was San Francisco or mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles, and so I'm still I'm still trying to figure out how filming mm-hmm. came into play because it doesn't seem like you had any experience with it's that. It's the same skill. Is it? It is. is. It? If you to to be an animator to learn uh, everything that goes into making animated movies, they're filmmakers. They just do it in the computer instead of with a camera. If I open up a CG project file, there's a camera in that scene, and I have to adjust the focal length and the exposure wow. and move it around. You know, when you watch like a Pixar movie, there's a ca- they, they you know they put the ca- the characters in the scene and they animate them, and there's a camera in there that they animate. Uh huh. Um, anytime that. Uh, the camera moves in an animated movie. They've animated it by hand. Stupid question. Yes. Do they come up with... Are the characters in, in the, the suits in front of the green screen? Mocap? Yes. Is uh, that a thing or is that just what that's, I think? That's, Avatar. Like yeah. Avatar. When, Avatar. That's yes, mostly you. when you see in video games and live action. Okay. Things that are supposed to look real. If you watch a Disney or Pixar movie, it's all done by hand. Wow. They've designed them by hand. They've animated them by hand. They they do simulate some stuff, but it's more like weather and water and stuff like that. And then... So... It is a little different, though, because one's a cartoon and one's a real person. So what made you want to start filming actual people and not draw out your films? I can tell you exactly what it is. If, oh. I, were, if I were to animate something, like let's say I wanted to animate something that was five to ten seconds, it would take me a couple of days to a week. And if I want to film something that takes five to ten seconds, it takes me five to ten seconds. Which, as coming from an animator sitting in the dark, mm-hmm. working my butt off... Um, I enjoy this, the the higher acceleration of, mm-hmm. of so, the process. So you bought a camera. I did. It was it was actually my, I asked for my birthday present, right right after right before I moved to LA. My mom was like, "What do you want for your birthday?" I was like, "Give me a camera. I have camera. We'll travel. Like, get uh-huh. me, get me outside." Because I used to when I was younger, I I went to summer camp and I did things outside all the time, and I played sports. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, there's no there's no sports teams uh, at art school, you know. It's yeah. just me sitting in the dark, and I needed to get back to how I used to be. And, and do you still find yourself, since you are so meticulous probably from coming mm-hmm. from being an animator, do you spend a lot of time editing these films? Are you very meticulous with that? Yeah, but I find again I find the whole process to be a lot quicker. Okay, because even you you when you when you work in when you're an animator when you're you get to play God. If you want to change the color of someone's shirt, if you want to change the weather, you want to change the background, it's really easy. In live action, you can't do it. So the majority of when I shoot with a camera, it's already done. You feel like it's almost more limited. It, yeah, it's like, it's already done, and all I have to do is stitch the shots together. You know, the, it's it's like ninety five percent planning. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot it's a lot funner. I do miss those days sometimes. Sometimes when I'm like setting a, a scene, if I'm mm-hmm. shooting a live action, I really wish that I could just like touch it and change the color of the chair, mm-hmm. or like move it. You know, yeah. I can cheat a lot, and I do do that sometimes. I know David Fincher does that, where he um, he changes things in movies that you would never realize, uh-huh. like with visual effects, and he actually adjusts the timing of performances and stuff like that. I do that too. I I, I will. 
like animate someone's live action performance. It, like even if it's just like slowing them down That's or speeding cool. them up, and no one you would never know. But it feels so much better. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the perk of having this animation as a mm-hmm. as a background. Absolutely, and I, I've it's given me a unique spin that not a lot of filmmakers have. I guess that, and I still animate things. They're just things that are whatever behooves me. I guess. Uh-huh. And uh, did you have a question? Mine was just, do you have a side job? Is this your mm. is this your everything? Your it is my everything. I I help out my family as as the side job because because you're you're manning. Yeah, if you manning. Will. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So. Which That's is amazing. takes a lot out of you. Like yeah, that oh is God. this is your full time thing, but mm-hmm. it is a lot to also a, yeah. be working for you know kids. Yes, <laughs> it's exhausting. And it's also it's just, exhausting. just me. So even this whole documentary thing I'm doing, I'm I'm shooting it, I'm editing it, <clears throat> I'm doing the interviews, I'm doing the movie posters, I'm doing you know I'm doing the premiere. I, like I, I there's no I I have help every now and then. Mm-hmm. I have like from favors from friends, but it's mostly just me. Mm-hmm. You've got you know your sister has you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a you. Yeah, I, I just have myself. You. So it's 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 a lot of work. But I like that it's a lot of work because I don't like doing nothing. I it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I'd have enough. I have a lot of drive, but I don't know if I'd have enough drive if I didn't have someone counting on me. Yeah. So to me, it amazes. It's amazing to me that you do it alone. Because if Chase wasn't counting on me to do anything, I think I'd kind of be like, I'll do it next week. No, no, no yeah. I need it in two days. It's, I can't. It's what I do for fun. Like, a lot of people come home from work and they switch off and watch TV and Netflix and do whatever. I just want to keep making things. Well, that's what they say. The work is... They say, like, you know, if you want a career in the mm-hmm. arts, just love it. Yeah, it's a life choice. It's not... It can't... It shouldn't... I mean, it's either a hobby or a life choice or a job. Those, I think those are your three options. Mm-hmm. This is just a quick reminder that FOU Studios and the Behind Two Blondes podcast are sponsored by Blue Apron, which we are so grateful for. So grateful. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash two blondes. That's spelled T-O-O. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this, and if you're uncomfortable, no worries at all, but Go I know... It. Your dad yes. had a big influence on you, I feel Correct. like, starting Silly Productions. Yeah. And are you comfortable talking Absolutely, about his yeah. like, influence no, on you? I'm totally... So my father was a graphic designer his whole life. He also went to art school um, in St. Louis. And after I graduated college, he's part of the reason why I'm an artist in general. Mm-hmm. So I've always had... They've been very supportive of me pursuing arts. Mm-hmm. Um and so after I graduated college, and I was unemployed for like, oh God, three, four years, they still supported me, giving it my all. Mm-hmm. They didn't force me to like deviate. Um, my mom would have loved for that to happen. I think to this day, my mom still wishes I was like a doctor or a lawyer or something, <laughs> something that was like settled, of course. where there was no more risk. Um, but she still fully supports me 100%. Mm-hmm. And it was good to have my dad there because as an artist, he could back me up in the sense of he kind of at least understood the process right. of what's involved. Um, but he, yeah, he passed away two years ago. Recent. Yeah, he passed away two years ago, and that is also when the time where I made the switch. It was it was already coming. The switch was already coming, but it definitely just gave me the excuse 
you know, to be like once once that happened, no one bothered me. Like, hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you working? Mm-hmm. Once my dad passed away, no, everyone was like, do whatever you want. Wow. So Every, yeah, they were just like, go do what you got to do. And they reminded that's, you, life is short. Do what yeah, you yeah, love. And absolutely. And I don't I don't know if I've told you this, but so my dad passed away, and then a two a year and a half later, my mom got cancer. Oh. I don't, I don't know if we've talked no, about that before. Haven't. So there was a period where I, I was fully unemployed, and my dad got sick very suddenly and passed away. And then between then and my sister's wedding, which is almost a year to the day later, I had a couple other family members die. My grandma actually passed away the week of my sister's wedding. So my poor mother, who her husband died, she was giving away her daughter, and her mom died the week oh my of my sister's wedding. Um, and then after, about six months later, Christmas Day, I'm in L.A., and my mom calls me for what I assume is, like, Christmas. Merry Christmas. I am Jewish, but we still do things like that. Um, <laughs> I am Jewish. She calls me on the phone crying, going, heads up, I have cancer. A year after my father passed away of cancer, they're not related cancers. Okay, I was gonna ask. They're not related. My dad oh. passed away of mesothelioma, which is from asbestos, actually, which has been illegal since like nineteen seventy yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. So my mom my mom had surgery and they found they found cancer, so she had to do chemo. So oh there was like a God. period of two years where not only was I not making art and I wasn't I was fully unemployed, I was living at home. Like yeah. I was basically either in LA or in St. Louis just helping out family, whether yeah. it was my cousins or my mom. And the only art I made for about two years was I had to design my dad's tombstone. Oh my god, you're be, killing me! I, said, I bet it's a beautiful tombstone. It I is do absolutely too. a tombstone. So my, because it's a joint tombstone for my mom and my dad. So oh. my mom wanted nothing to do with it, and my of sister, course. they all just went, "Oh, well, you're the artist. You, you know, yeah. you, do it. you do it." So the only art I did for like two years was designing in Photoshop. The uh, my parents' tombstone. Oh my god! And then but your mom's still alive. She's still alive. Sorry, I probably should have okay, said I was that just like, like wait two a minutes second. earlier. Um, so, but you could create a tombstone. Your mom hadn't passed. You, kind you of still like, have to design because it has to go on the ground. Gotcha. And everything. Okay, I was yeah. like, wait, that's too soon. And too I, soon. Yeah, no. And I also had to pick out the to- the plots because uh-huh. my dad had just retired like a like six months to a year before he passed away. Oh my god! So they those plans weren't made. Uh, so when my dad was still alive and in the hospital, I had to go and like pick out grave plots, which is the weirdest thing what? to shop for. The oh weirdest gosh. thing to shop for ever because it's just a hole in yeah. the ground. And how do you decide? And, and it's not like they're ever going to see it. Really. You're, I mean, at tw- you're 25 at this point, I was right? 25, yeah. I mean, that is way too young, way too in young. my opinion, to be doing any of that. Mm-hmm. And I I can see, though, why that that was the catalyst to make you go... Yeah. I'm no longer mm-hmm. waiting around for people to tell me I can't animate. I'm going to go make my own films and just do it. Life is short. And yeah. that really drove you to become who you are now. Yeah. And so inspiring. So inspiring. To create. Out and of- I still, and that's why it was great that I had that camera because even though I wasn't making things, if you go on my YouTube, you can see all the stupid little things that I made mm. to keep myself preoccupied because I wanted to create things. And even you can even go and you can I filmed my sister's wedding, like mm-hmm. like kind of like vlog style, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of my wedding gift to her. Even though I was in my sister's wedding, I was the 
father of the bride because I walked her. I walked her down the aisle. I was also a groomsman and the brother and like oh uh, the best man. You know, I, I did it all and I filmed it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't film the ceremony. I filmed like the entire day. Yeah, it's like a wow. forty-five minute video. Wow. Um, but that was fun for me. Like I enjoy that you stuff. And it makes you happy. Yeah, and your, and, and you're. It's called Super Silly Films, it right? It is. And that was inspired by your dad, Hal. Um, He's a the, silly guy, you The said? name was not inspired by my dad, but the identity was in the sense that um, the identity, and I'll tell the story because we just touched on it. The identity of like the brand that is my production company, the logo is like a Groucho Marx, like fake nose and mustache kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And my dad used to wear those over the holidays mm -hmm. to be a goofball. And it wasn't like a big thing, but after he passed away, I took it to my sister's wedding and I put it, you know, I had my tux on and I put it on like my belt loop. So with my tux closed, you, no one knew that I was walking around with this uh -huh. fake nose and mustache. Um, and during the wedding ceremony, I was under the chuppah with my mom take, in the place of my dad. Uh -huh. And the rabbi said... Um, he, he said, okay, well, the parents and the bride and the groom turn face forward, we're going to have a silent prayer. And I am neither one of those things, uh -huh. even though I was in the place of my dad. So I did not. And if you're in the crowd at my sister's wedding, I'm, like, behind the pillar. The only people who can see me are the people, like, you know, in the first seven rows, maybe, of each side. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm standing there by myself, and I'm like, this is probably a good idea. No, it wasn't. Um, no, yes, it was. So I open, I unbutton my tux, and everyone on my side of the family, the first like seven, eight rows, they all, their eyes light up, and they're like, oh, no. And I didn't know if it was like a, oh, no, don't do that, or a, oh, no, this is the greatest thing ever. So I did a gladiator thing where I held up my thumb, and I was like, yes, no, is this the great, good idea, bad idea? The first seven rows of my family just gave me the biggest thumbs up you've ever seen, and I put, I put on these fake nose mustaches. And the room is completely silent. My family's facing forward. And I lean out from behind this pillar that is under the chuppah. And I just go, shh. Like, I've got my finger over my mouth, like, saying shush. Like, nobody say anything. Uh -huh. And everyone's taking pictures, but it's a wedding. You'd think they're taking pictures because it's uh -huh. my sister. So I lean off of both sides of the, of the pillar. And I'm like, shh, nobody, nobody say anything. And I didn't know how long the silent prayer was. And... I put it back, and then when the prayer was over, nobody knew except the people. In but the there's pictures of you, and there are 100 pictures. Yeah. So, and it was one of those things where I think my my mom knew I brought it and that I was gonna do it at some point, but I think she thought I was gonna do it as I walked my mom back down the aisle on the way out, but she didn't know I did it beforehand oh. at the time. But I very much liked the idea that it's one of those things where if you saw it and you know what it was, then you get it. If you didn't, yeah. then you didn't. It's not something that needs to be explained. Ex which I love. You know? Very he, understated. He's there. Yeah. It's not something I would be like, hey, this is for my dad. No. If if you know my dad and you saw me do it, then you know exactly what it was and it put a smile on your face. Yeah. And that's all it, me it was meant to be. And so now that is the brand, the logo that I'm currently doing that is the company. name. It was actually originally I called it uh, Silly Films. And then one of my cousins I like that I was making fun of me and I was like, it's super silly, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. And I was like, holy shit. It's super silly. Super silly is it's like way sillier than silly. So that's why <laughs> super it's super silly. That's why it's called super, super silly. silly. That I'm I'm unlike my dad. I'm a goofball, so it kind of just fits. It's perfect for you. I so love it. Thank all you. Tied in together. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in ten years? Oh God. 
alive, hopefully, which mm. is still a really horrible thing to say. No, yeah, um, well, I, after that morbid discussion, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, uh. we, we can talk about happier things. Um, <laughs> no, 10 years? Usually I was expecting five. Let's see, 10 years. 10 years. 10 years, I will 38. be 38. 38, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't think that far. Um, I know that's far. Five ten, years. Five well, years. no, you know what? Either way, the, an, the answer's pretty much the same. As long as I am able to do what I enjoy doing and I'm surrounded by people that are doing the same, I am very happy. So that's where I hopefully see myself, especially with the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I, I tell everyone I've skipped my 20s and went straight to 40. So it'd mm-hmm. be great if I could like... Go back to your Go 20s. back 10 years, <laughs> because my, my 20s were spent like with my mom, with my dad, being a nanny. Yeah. Taking kids to school. You're right, you So did. now this is, I'm, I don't know, now I'm doing my 20s. But they're also me working, so which is what I wanted to do in my twenties, anyways. So I don't know. I'm a firm believer in the fact that like your twenties should just be an entire decade where you just figure it out. Figure out what you want to do. Just figure oh, it out. Amen. Like figure you, it I, out. you, I do not believe you need to like be somewhere by the time you're thirty. I don't like the fact that I already like I figured myself out at the age of 27, 28, mm-hmm. I'm super happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not technically successful in the way that people. You know, I've got friends who have won Oscars, three animated movies, and stuff like that. I, I don't have any of that type of success, but I'm successful in my own definition of success. And happiness. Yes. Happiness. You are, what you said you want to be doing in 10 years, in my opinion, you're doing now. And so you just want exactly. to... Exactly. So I'm, I'm already having a lot of fun. This is the first project. This documentary is the first project that I've done as my production company. I only mm-hmm. started it like three months ago, and I'm already having so Way. much more fun. Now, your premiere, is it open to the public? Uh, it is not, but okay. it will be on the internet August 14th. August the 14th. The premiere will be August 12th, and I will post it on that Monday. So guys, make sure you look out for that. How can we, we find it online? If you, you can find it online by going, it'll be on my YouTube, and my YouTube is just my name. I think it's Sam Tilson. Great. Sam Tilson, and your website is samtilson.com. Yes. And your Instagram, if people would like to follow Sam, is at samoblamo. Correct. S A M O B L A M O. Correct. Because that was your AIM, right? Yeah, that was my AOL <laughs> Instant Messenger screen name. Back in the day. Back in the day, and Back. I just I just kept it. You know, usually if you use your name, it's always taken. It's always, like, always taken. taken. Yeah, it's always taken. My <laughs> Gmail isn't even Sam Tilson because Sam Tilson was taken. Mine I too. I had a one. Yeah, I, I opted for Samuel because oh. it's technically still my name. Uh-huh. But now when people email me for like business, they're, they're like, like, hi, hi Samuel. Samuel. No one has ever called me Samuel, Samuel in your life. <laughs> in my entire life. I get called Sammy more than I and Samantha more than I ever get called Samuel it's a very foreign thing to me so funny but um, well I'm so looking forward to your documentary coming out Samuel Samuel. (laughs) thank you so much of course thanks for chatting with us super inspirational I'm very inspired honestly but we need to not forget to say that Chase is part of my documentary (gasps) she is I am yeah so that's why I'm extra excited to see it Absolutely. You interviewed a lot better than I did. Let's just say that. That's our show, and now we're saying so long. Tune in next time on Behind Two Blondes. The Behind Two Blondes podcast is brought to you by FOU Studios and recorded at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens. The show was created and written by Chase O'Donnell and Savannah Brown. This episode was produced and edited by Chase O'Donnell. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. 
I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com. Boom! Boom.